Hey, welcome back, guys, to another episode. Man, it's been it's been a minute for since we've recorded our last. I know everybody's been able to to catch up on some of these episodes, but what we want to do now is to kind of go to a little bit different route. Um, and so the next few episodes, um, probably even going further, you'll kind of start seeing our listeners will start seeing a. Uh, set of like a series uh we're gonna do so one of the ones that we decided to do first uh was called uh like basically our devil advocate series and you and i were just discussing this and i think uh ashton one of the things that we were talking about these are the questions that put us on the fence that put us at a point where we go how do i choose why should i choose god why is christianity um, the right religion to follow. Kind of getting to that point where, am I, why, why should I be all in with this? You, you know, you guys, we've been talking about this. Uh, you know, people have been listening to our podcast and probably are like, hey, you guys have been talking about all this stuff during the, their podcast of how I should follow God and I should do all these things, but why should I really do that? I've got all these other things that are going on in my life. Um, that are that are bad uh that i don't know like can those all be really truly fixed um is it really worth it why should i really follow follow god but what's your thoughts on that ashton as we kind of go into into this this series yeah no i i totally agree it's it's one of those things of you know i i don't i think we all have those thoughts in those moments of Man, is this is this for real? <laughs> you know, because you have to, you do have to have this. As especially as a believer in Jesus, you have to have this uh, honest assessment of yourself of whether you think the Word of God is truth and whether you think there is a, a supreme being that's bigger and broader than you could possibly imagine. You have to have these honest, honest thoughts. You have to have these honest assessments um, as a human being. I mean, that that's. That's part of, of being a human being uh, and processing the word of God and, and processing, you know, kind of the things. Because here's, here's the thing that I think about is like, you know, the one thing that Christianity offers me that's so enticing is purpose. And what I mean by that is that you know, if if you mean to tell me that there's no God, that there's no there's there's nothing to basically this life is it. That is that's in, for for me that is a depressing place to operate from. And what I mean by that is that you know everything that happens in my life basically doesn't have purpose because once I die, that's it. You see, but Christianity offers and, and Christ offers this free gift of purpose, which is salvation, right? Because then he's basically God says, listen, I created you from the beginning of time. You know, I had you planned. You were meant for a specific time period. And I knew you before you came into existence. And not only that, but I have a mission for you. I have a goal for you. I have a reason that you're here. And not only that, you're going to spend eternity with me 
after you pass from this life to the next. And so that's the gospel message, right? But then we have all these other questions and things that pop up that, you know, Satan will try and use in our life to kind of keep us on the, the proverbial fence, right? Of like, yeah, well, what about hurricanes? Let's talk about hurricanes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why does a hurricane show up and wipe out thousands of people? You know? Why does a, a tornado come down and rip the top off, off of my house and kill my parents? You know? How come, you know, you know, Tommy and Kelly down the street, they've got seven kids and they're garbage people, but me and, and my spouse, we can't have any kids. We have infertility problems. How is that fair? How does that make sense? Does God love me? Because if he did, he'd let me have a baby. You know? Yeah. Or I lost my parents, like, when I was a little kid, and they're gone. I never had any parents. Nobody loves me. If God, if God loved me, why does he put me in these situations? Why am I am where I am? You know? And I think the question we have to address, Dave, and, and I think you're, you're going to hit the nail on the head better than I will on this, but it's, do we, are we living in that, that glory that I just talked about now or not? Because I think the system that we're in right now is a broken system. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, I think... We've talked about this a little bit um, before, and I th- think even past episodes. But one of the biggest things that we have to keep in mind is that we live in, like you said, a broken world. Mm. We were born into sin, mm. um, and I think what we, we we have talked about before with with this is that we get caught up in that we think. The world is perfect. Even being born into this, we go. The world, it has to be perfect, or it can get to it can get to a a perfect state. And the reality of it is, is that we have to come to that realization that it, it, we will never get to that perfect state because it was it, it was broken back in the Garden of Eden. That's the only way that, or the only explanation that comes to me of why. You know, when we look at this book, when we look at this, at our Bibles, and we look back in Genesis, this is the only one that, this is the only uh, historical evidence that starts showing to us that why brokenness exists or why evil exists. Because, you know, all other religions, when we look at this, is there's really not a really good explanation of why bad things happen. Hmm. There really isn't. This is the this book right here we've got in front of us explains that it says this is why bad things are happening because the uh, of the fall of man because of sin entering the world, and it's the only explanation that brings us to that point of where we're at now, where it's, it, we live just in a broken system. When you and I were born, we were literally born into to sin. Um. And I think that's, when we come to that reality to start with, when we come to that understanding that sin is going to exist, that's when we can start moving on to start answering questions. But if we want it to be in a perfect state, 
we are going to always go and revert back to it. Like you said, um, uh, you know, I have, I have infertility issues. Mm. Uh, you know, my, my dad's never, was never around. Evil exists. Sin exists. Um, it's just, it's bad things happen because of, of what we see historically in this book. If we can realize that and come to grips with that, we, we can start moving forward. We can start projecting forward. But it's not, e- it's not easy to really um, sit there and go, well, okay, you, 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 you've, there is, there is such a thing as, you know, there's got to be something more. Mm. Because why, why, should I, why should I keep going further? You know, and something you said there, I want to I wanna hit one more time because I, I, f- I feel like that was so key. Is A lot of times with questions like this, we have to address the emotion behind the question. Because you said something about, there you said, uh, things aren't perfect. And it's almost like when we ask some of these questions, we go, how come things aren't perfect? Mm-hmm. Why is everything not the way that I want it? Right. How come it's not this way? Because this is what I want and this is what's good and this is what makes me, you know, you have to address that emotion behind that question. And I want to go to Genesis and I want to read this because this, this is a very, for, especially for our listeners who, who, who are really tuned in on this episode right now, I want you to, want you to hear this because it's this really important. Okay, so in Genesis 2... Um, verse 15 and 16. I'm, I'm going to read these to you here. It says, The Lord took the man, put him in the garden of, of Eden to work it and keep it. So he takes man, puts him in the garden of Eden. He gives him a task. He says, you're going to work it, you're going to keep it. Verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge... Of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So in 16, he says, he, he says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Listen, you can eat anything here. He says, But listen, I want you to know where my heart is for you as a, as a father. I know that if you partake from this tree, if you eat from this tree, you are not going to be able to handle the responsibility that that will be given to you. And so it's amazing to me that that so many people say, well, God doesn't love me. God doesn't, that, that he lets these things happen. He doesn't love me. Here's the thing. He loves you and he cares about you so much that he gave you a warning and said, listen, you, you can eat of this tree, but it's not good for you. Because you're going to let bad things are going to come of it. I'm telling you. And I love you. And I want to protect you. So I want you to know you shouldn't do this. But he created man with free will. And he gave us the choice. So that choice is there. And he's not going to go against what he's created, which is that perfect free will that he's given man. And so that's all in verse 16. All right. I got a question for you. Yeah. Because you just brought something up that I thought was really interesting. Why would God put that tree in the garden? Why would he put that tree in the garden? 
knowledge of good and evil. Why would he put, why would he do that? And I would and I would revert to exactly what you just said, free will. Right? Um something that me and my wife and I, I and I've talked about it with my kids and stuff like that is like there's something about true love because I you've made the decision to truly sacrifice yes. what you want your desires and to truly follow um, or to serve uh, the other person right and try to we try to talk this and still with our kids and I think what, what reason why I bring this up is I think what reason why God put that tree in the garden right was to really truly test, his creation, the heart, yeah, and the heart of man, mm. to say, can you really, tr- do you truly love, love me? me? Yeah. If I even, if I were to give you this, everything, and because you, you would be, because he, he even say, he says that to say, you know when Saint uh, right, tempts Eve, he goes, you would be like God, you will have the knowledge, that's right, that's right, you will have right. the knowledge, and the thing was is that he was like, I want to know that even if you like. Can you do this without? Like he was already giving them the opportunity to, to truly love, to love him. But could you do it without being having to be like me? Um, what's your thoughts on that? Well, and, and just to take it even a step further yeah. is the the piece right there of you know. So immediately after that, Eve then enters the situation and. Uh, you know, it says she is a uh, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she should be called woman. And then in chapter three, it immediately says, um, you know, the serpent is more crafty and he tempts Eve and she eats. Um, and she gives some to Adam. And then it says this, which is, which is really interesting to me, is it says, um, then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? So he's obviously God's looking for them. And, and one of the responses, is he says, uh, God says to him, he says, who told you that you were naked? And what's interesting to me is up until this point, this has not entered man's mind. So lust is not a part of the situation until after they've already eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so why, why Ashton, why the heck are you reading all this to me? Like what? I don't understand. The reason I'm trying to read this to you and trying to, help, trying to explain is that this is when sin enters the world. This is when everything gets messy. You know, our very first parents, because of decisions they made, we're dealing with things here now. You know, and things, you know, it, it, I, I love, I love the, the, the idea of the ripple effect, mm-hmm. right? Something small and then it, it, it spreads, you know, pretty intensely. You know, people use the word uh, exponentially. You know, well, this was one sin and, and, and it gets worse. It spreads, you know, um, and, and it's and because we have, you know, the, the situation we're in and time period we're in now, we're, we're seeing, you know, a, a lot of different things going on that are heavy. 
you know, and so all this to say that, you know, we're going back to Genesis and we're seeing that that was a perfect system. That garden before there was sin, that was a perfect system. And then it broke. And so we're now in a non-perfect system where sin has entered. And so when we ask ourselves, like, why do hurricanes happen? You know, why do people get murdered? Because the perfect system was broke. Because the perfect system was broken. And here's the thing. You know, a lot of times, I love the fact that in, in the New Testament, Jesus uses parables for everything, you know. Um, and a lot of times, people, you'll hear people say, man, we need to really get to the root of the problem. You know, when we really start to, to dive into this, that's what Dave and I have really, you know, discovered and really we feel the Lord has, has taught us is that, you know, when we're addressing these kind of questions about, you know, when we quote unquote feel on the fence, we've got to go back to the beginning and ask ourselves, how did, where did the problem originate? Where did it come from? How did we get here? You got to go back to the beginning. And it's funny because there are not a lot of faith systems with books that start with in the beginning, mm -hmm. which is amazing to me because if I don't know where I started or if I don't know where things started, then I'm really not going to have a full understanding of, of who I am, what I am, where I'm going, you know? That's a... I think that's where we have to we have to really start grasping around is that there's there is a broken system it's a broken world and that the only way to move through it is to understand to understand the blueprint of it um and understand where everything went wrong um you know when you look at a house um and you and there's things that are going wrong with the house. Sometimes you go back. You have to go back to the beginning. And go. What foundation was it built on? Mm. How was it built? Yeah. What type of wood was built? What was the time period that it was built? Um, we start looking at all these things that are going on. Um, what's the weather been like when it? What you know when it was built 20 years ago to where it is now? Um, but even so. What type of tools were you being used at that time? Uh, we look at all those things. And I say that because with what people are dealing with, that these questions that people are probably wrestling with, some of the of culture, um, influence, experiences, all play into where they're at now. And where their decisions are now. Culture plays a big role. Um, experiences play a big role. Uh, and I say this is because, you know, some people may say, you know, we're now we're going to get into a little bit more aggressive in nature of, of conversation. But I don't go to church because the church that the church is all in my uh, my old where I my hometown was primarily white and I was black. Why would I go to the? Why would I go to those churches? They would never understand what it is to to be black. Um, 
And so because of that, I just never, I never went to church. And then the time I did go to church, they were, it was, seemed like it was, everything was perfect. Well, it wasn't perfect for me, you know? So there's, there's people that will go through and say, that's why I just stayed away from church is because they, they, if I, when I go to church, I'm used to seeing a two, a two parent home when, you know, most white churches have two parent home and they're going to church, but you know, my, my father wasn't around. So, so now what? Like, I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to church and be reminded that I don't have a father around. Um, but to realize that there's cultural influences into why we, we do certain things and stuff too. Um, but I say that though, to go, you know, to revert back to, we got to find out what the root of the problem is. Mm. Always got to go back to the root of the problem. So as we, as we start going through these these questions, as we're going through this series, right? I think that's something we have to look at: is why does the problem? What's the root of the problem? When we're when I'm thinking about, you know, I've made too many bad. I've made uh, bad decisions. I've made some bad decisions in my life. God's never going to forgive me. Mm. What's really the root of that that problem? Right. Is the reason why I'm not going to church, or because reason why I've not made a decision to follow Christ, because because I don't think God's going to forgive me, or is it because that it's an easier decision for me to to go a, a different route? So those are the things that we just kind of have got to start bringing up, and I think we're gonna we're, we'll go into that a little bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, these these are the ones that I know that you know people are on the fence for. Uh, on the fence about and you know I will probably be saying this for most of this series and if it stings a little bit then so be it but there comes a point in your life when you need to make a decision um, period you know how long are you going to be on the bench Watching the game. At some point, you need to get in the game. And you know what? Honestly, you know, even the scripture says, you know, you're better off rejecting because then at least you're not in the middle. You're not on the fence. Either climb over or get off. You know, Jesus, he he asked us to make a decision. You know, he talks about in the New Testament, he says, you know, you know, give up all these things and come follow me. That's what he says. You know, um, and I'm not saying this to be, to be punchy and pushy and, you know, you know, none of those things. I'm just, you know, given hopefully some motivation to, to make a decision or at least motivate you to research and continue to push to make a decision. Um, what I think that is kind of cool and really unique about what I think we're, we'll talk about this and we'll kind of, and I think and somewhat prove in, in our conversations, right? Is that, we, like we said, we live in a broken world, but what was really cool and what's really awesome about what we can see going forward is that, is that through the scripture, it shows us that there's a restoration of that broken world. Right and bringing it back to a perfect world, right? Maybe not here necessarily on earth, but it shows us what a perfect world is supposed to be, right? And how we can experience that. 
and and be in that. And that's what gives us the hope and, and understanding. I said that's why I follow this this book. That's why I follow who Jesus is. So you know, to our listeners that are questioning those things, uh, hopefully, you know, as we go through this, they'll start seeing that where we're talking about, hey, because of the brokenness, that's why we are on the fence. But we, at some point, like you said, we have to make a decision because God, God gave us an out. (laughs) But do you really want that out or not? Do you really, truly want that out? And that's what we hope to march somebody to, is that we hope for somebody to, within one of these, uh, conversations that we have on these episodes that they can they can see where um where god is giving us that hope and giving us that out but you ultimately have to make a decision because like we talked about all the way back in genesis he gave us a choice we all got free will we have we've had it from the beginning of time so what what choice are we going to make are we going to be lukewarm (laughs) are we going to be or are we, are we going to be hot or cold? Because like exactly what you said, um, you know, what it says in Revelation, right? Um, where it says that if in Revelation, uh, what was it? 3? 316. Yeah. 3.16. Would you mind reading that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I know like what you're saying, like in Revelations 3.16, the, uh, just how important it is for us to, to make a decision. Right. Yeah. It says, um. And it's amazing too, like, you know, for Dave and I, you know, we're we're gonna present what we read and how we believe it's being uh, spoken. Because you know, and, and this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I feel like sometimes, you know, and again, in regards to our, our our series here, is I feel like there are sometimes in church we hear messages that maybe are are really soft and cuddly. You know, like, oh, Jesus loves you, and it's all going to be okay. He's got you. He's taking care of you. Everything's wonderful. When then you read this in Revelations 3.16, and it says this. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Pretty harsh. But then he gives this instruction. See, that's, that's what's beautiful about, about faith, about Christianity, Christian, Christian faith, is Christ never just threw us to the side and, and didn't give us a way out. He always gives us instructions. He always gives us a way out. He always gives us a free gift, a way to come back. And he says this, right? He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to, to appoint your, excuse me, salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I, am, as, as I also conquered and sat, sat down with my father on his throne. 
And you know what's awesome about this, Dave? What's totally awesome about this is we just went cover to cover. And so you're, you're seeing here, we went to the root and we, oh, okay, this is how this, this is why we're in a broken world. Like, I, I understand that. But then on the other side, he says, but understand like, okay, you get it now, but you have to make a decision here. Like you, you understand what I did for you. Now you need to live, live in a specific way. Um, and I just feel like that's amazing that we would see both sides um, and have understanding there. Um, but the, when I read that verse, you know, I think it's a reminder of us, to us, excuse me, of this is, this is deadly serious. Being on the fence is a deadly serious thing. And you, you have got to come to a, a decision about your faith. Either you are in or you're out. Because here's the thing. Being in the middle is exactly what Christ is saying he does not want. And that's being on the fence. Um, in Matthew 13, if you don't mind, I'm going to flip to it really quick. I don't want to read this because it pretty much goes along with exactly what we've been talking about. As it says this. Excuse me, Matthew 5, 13, excuse me. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And that's just, that's how I process the word of God, Dave. And I, I think, I think you, I want you to speak on this too, but that's how I process this. Is I, I see him saying, listen, you've been given a gift and that gift is, is knowing me and having the opportunity to choose me. And if you do, that's that salt. That's that taste. That's that goodness um, there. And you can't reject it. You absolutely can reject it. But he said, understand, it says it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. I don't want, I don't want that to be me. Not at all. And I think that's... Like we said, for our listeners to really understand that and to see that is that um, what what are you what what are you gonna decide to do? What are you really gonna decide to do? Are you gonna you know in some aspects of a way we always we, you know you've heard the saying are you gonna grab yourselves by bootstraps and you know you're gonna start getting after it? yeah and and that's really that's really what we're trying to to say here is that. You just, you just can't keep riding. You can't keep riding the fence. Mm. Um, now, what I want to say, and I'll be bold on saying this: I would rather you. I would rather, and the best way to put it is, as I say, I'd rather our listeners be totally sinful and decide to go live a full sinful life and just go that route, or be, or be totally on fire for God because mm. living in this in in that middle. Um, 
is very uh, is very difficult, and it does not bring anything. Especially if we call ourselves Christians, um, doesn't do anything for for the gospel. It doesn't do anything for for Jesus. But let's say we're not we're not Christians, right? If, if our listeners are not Christians, um, what does that do? And I think that's that's the conversation that we're having here. What does that do? Because it also, you know, for, for those that are not Christians, what does that look like when we're living that in that in that middle? Mm. Well, and and I think one thing you and I have chatted about too, which is it makes total sense to me, is uh, the third commandment that we have: "Thou shalt not take the Lord your God's name in vain." You know, and a lot of times we we see, and and again, I'm not. This is, again, how I process the Word of God, so I'm just sharing it. And that's that I think a lot of times we process that commandment as, hey, watch your tongue and how you flippantly say the word God. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not saying that's not the case. But the, to me, as I process that a little deeper, I think it's exactly what you just said, which is do not take the Lord your God's name in vain by saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and then walk in darkness, mm-hmm. and then walk in sin, walk in a way that's not biblical, or live in, live in a way that's, you know, not biblical. The light either needs to be shining, or it needs to be totally dark, but it can't, if you're going back and forth, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so, to me, as we're addressing this, you know, on-the-fence issue... You have to understand that, you know, and I'm just going to, I'm going to be somebody here who's listening needs to hear this right now, but you're not going anywhere. Then you're stuck. And quite, quite frankly, being stuck is painful because you don't know where to go. And I really, really hope that what we've addressed here today will help you have some understanding and give you some purpose and help you make some decisions. Because whether you want to believe it or not, that thought process of you not sure about where you should go or what you should decide is straight from below. It's straight from the devil. He wants you to stay on the fence. He wants you to be questioning everything. He wants you to be confused. He wants you to be depressed. He wants all these things. Because he has influence here on earth. And he can have that impact on your thought process.